using this analogy of like a dumpster fire with raccoons jumping out of it like that's where a lot of companies look or that's the way a lot of companies look now in our industry and we're wondering like how can we not why are we not attracting people or kids into our industry it's like they don't want to run towards the dumpster fire hello innovators i'm todd wyant and welcome to the bridging the gap podcast presented by applied software great tech group you're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Tyler Campbell. He's the founder of Story Builder Creative, where he aims to solve the problem between the realities of the field and their marketing materials. You may also recognize his voice from the Construction Brothers podcast that he hosts with his brother. Welcome back to the show, Tyler. It's, uh, it's exciting to, to have you, you back in after almost exactly three years since the, <laughs> the first time <laughs> it's been a while man right like yeah we started the shows i think in tandem together and it's really cool to just like watch each other grow and do all these things man it's, it's just it's just cool so yeah have you have you been recognized by your voice yet i've heard this happens to radio people it hadn't happened to me yet oh yeah i, I did actually have it happen what? at a, a trade show i was talking and the person next to me turned around and was like Hey, this sounds really creepy, but do you host Bridging the Gap? <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, yes, oh I do. Gosh. They're like, oh, I knew it. I knew I knew that voice. My narcissistic self is waiting for that to happen. So I need, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to know: is it real? Is it real? I, I hear it's, about uh, radio people all the time. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's <laughs> very weird. Yeah, but thanks it's for having me back, man. I appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to dive into some of this stuff today. I've been doing a lot of, a lot of really. Uh, just deep thought into the marketing side of construction and hopefully we can just kind of present some ideas and make some people think that's, that's my hope at least, and, and have a fun conversation around this. It'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. So before we kind of dive into it for, yeah. for those that, that may not have uh, paid attention to 170 episodes or whatever ago when the last time you were on, uh, tell us a little bit about your kind of your, your backstory. You have a, a great, uh, you know, family history of yeah. construction I wonder if you can just share a, a brief little uh, bio, kind of. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm a sixth generation builder. Uh, so it goes back a ways in my family. Uh, it's it's definitely in the blood. I can't get rid of it. I'm just a builder at heart. And so uh, back in 2012, I started in my family business. It's a BIM company called ABSI. Uh, my dad actually started it back in 2003. And so I started as a, a detailer modeler in that and uh, kind of apprenticed underneath my brother and stayed there for a decade. Um, uh, somewhere along the way, I picked up a camera and uh, started taking a lot of photos and, and kind of falling in love with that and, uh, you know, kind of getting good and honing my craft and uh, also doing a lot of video work and things. And then it slowly kind of connected for me. I was like, hold on a second. I, I love construction still. I don't really want to leave it. Um, but I also really love this other stuff too. And I feel like uh, contractors and, you know, subcontractors, GCs, and even technology companies can benefit from, from my knowledge of the construction industry paired with my creativity. So that's mm -hmm. where Story Builder came in. And so started that up uh, over a year now and uh, things are going great. And we do stuff all over the U.S. with people. And dude, it's been, it's been a fun, fun ride uh, <laughs> since last time we talked. A lot has changed for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. We were just starting uh, lockdowns essentially. Uh, yeah, <laughs> three years we were. ago. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I actually that that episode I remember 
very well because I was crashing my brother-in-law's office. It was one of the the few offices that were open, and I needed a a good hardwire internet. Yeah, I can't have the kids running in the background and stuff. I didn't have my my studio at home (laughs) set up yet. I'm like, all right, (laughs) I'm going to record at home. (laughs) That's podcasting from home during lockdown was fun, man. Having the kids run in the background was so good. Just finding a quiet closet and stuff. So (laughs) Dogs barking, cats meowing. It's ridiculous. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Kept it it entertaining. But uh, so... You have a, a, a unique background in that you, you have the kind of the real world field experience. You have that creative side. Mm-hmm. Uh, curious of, of where you see kind of the, the biggest misconceptions with construction for those outside of the industry. Mm. I don't know. I I think the biggest misconception to me would just be it's a dead end job. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people come in and look at it and they go, oh, well, that's where your career goes to to die. You know, it's almost been used as a threat. Um, in the public school system, you hear Micro talk about that all the time. It's like, oh, do you want to be, you know, a ditch digger, that sort of thing? It's used mm-hmm. as a threat. Like you don't want to end up in the construction industry. Do something better with your life. The what I've found and and over my decade of being in the industry is holy cow, man, there's so much opportunity in this. There's there's so many ways that you can grow personally and professionally in this in this industry. Um, we lose sight of it like so often because it's just kind of preached that it's, it's dead end. And and so I I feel like that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions that I see out there. It's just not the reality. Construction's super cool. And so uh, it's funny, like some people will talk, they'll be like, oh yeah, Tyler, you know, you're trying to make construction look cool. You know, I'm like, I don't have to work that hard guys. Like construction (laughs) is pretty freaking cool. Like we do some amazing stuff. We just got to get better at showing it off, you know. We we just have been horrible at that, and showing some of the different career paths and different ways that people can grow in this industry and and set themselves up for a, for an amazing life. Because um, I know that's that that's been my personal experience. It's been hard at times. I give you that, but I think any job in any industry is kind of going to be hard at times. Um, yeah. But it's been it's been an amazing ride for me. Um, I just want more people to kind of experience that. So there's there's misconception in that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh well, for sure. Uh, you know, as somebody, my background is is not in in construction. I've mm-hmm. been on the the marketing side my whole career, and, and kind of yeah. I'd say a pleasant, happy accident stumbled into a construction software firm nine years ago. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a great space. And uh, as somebody that that had those misconceptions of construction nine years ago of, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that there was uh, all the technology and the, the innovation and even the, the creative problem solvers uh, that are in the industry. And uh, as you peel back that onion, you're like, well, duh, yeah, that's the, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. that's the whole kind of core tenant of, of construction is all around creative problem solving. You have to be a, a problem yeah. solver to be in construction and get a building built. But for some reason that the, the cultural side of things, it, it doesn't make that, that connection uh, on on the surface, and I think yeah. that's a huge mistake that we need to start fixing. It's amazing how like the industry has kind of taught me different ways to operate within different industries. So I'm doing a ton of video production right now. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much my detailing experience was actually setting me up for success in video production. It's hilarious mm-hmm. to me that those two connect. So. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't stay in industry your entire career, there's benefit to be had there. Like you're still learning so much. Like it is dynamic. There is a lot of technology involved. There's a lot of jargon and stuff that you got to pick up as well, right? And yeah. 
I mean, beyond that, it's just, it's amazing to me just how much opportunity is out there, man. I, there's, it's just out there for the taking. And, and so, so often we're steering kids into, into college instead of steering them into a life in, in construction or the trades. And I mean, it, college isn't for everybody, right? Like we know this, I wasn't a college grad, uh, proud of that. Um, it just won the path for me. And, uh, hopefully I'm one of the success stories I would, I would like to think <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, for, I think college is not a great way for everybody to go. Um, but there's still room for growth in this industry, man. It's so great. Yeah, for sure. So why do you see that there is a marketing problem here in, in construction? All right. So I'm going to flip it. Todd, dude, you've been in it for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've seen a lot of contractors and stuff too like the i think we both know you look around at different contractors and you can tell who takes themselves seriously and who doesn't and more often than not there are a lot of contractors out there that don't really give too much thought into their marketing effort mm -hmm. i say their marketing effort but just making their brand look good mm -hmm. right just making it look appealing and i keep using this analogy of like a dumpster fire with raccoons jumping out of it like <laughs> That's where a lot of companies look, or that's the way a lot of companies look now in our industry. And we're wondering like, how can we not, why are we not attracting people or kids into our industry? It's like, they don't want to run towards the dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. It looks like one, like I'm going to run away from that. I'm going to go to a place like Google or Amazon or something like that. They've got their crap together. Right. And I know I'm going to have this, you know, first step in my career and I'm going to get, you know, 401k, I'm going to get all these different things. And like, they're very transparent with all of this stuff. They can see their life there. Whereas in construction, we don't really do a good job of like laying out a path for them. Mm -hmm. And I think marketing has everything to do with helping lay out a path for people to progress in the industry. Because I don't know if you've heard, we got a little bit of a labor shortage. It's oh, really? something that you hear about, I think <laughs> a lot in conferences, right? And um there's a lot of talk about there being a labor shortage, but it feels like there's not a ton of, a ton of action. Like I think everybody's kind of lost as to what to do. And one thing that I know is a solid step, not only for a business, but for, for our, our culture in the industry at large is if we get really serious about making ourselves look really stinking good, investing heavily into really solid content that gets people excited about the industry that is going to help us get more people in the industry, more qualified people. And it's going to help reverse this big situation that we find ourselves in. Cause mm -hmm. was it 40% of the labor forces is retiring over the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't Nowhere think robotics is going to solve that. <laughs> I, I really don't think robotics is going to solve that. It might help it a little bit, but I really don't think it's going to solve it. Um, and then the other side of it is that was it 590,000 workers are needed on top of normal hiring rates mm -hmm. this year, mm -hmm. this year, 590,000. And everybody I ask says that they have fallen into the industry. I actually fell into the industry. Yeah, I have a family of builders and I swore it off, but I ended up falling into the industry did you fall into the industry, Todd? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, everybody I ask has this this um this story of like, yeah, you know, I just kind of fell into the industry. I'm like, wow, man, if if people are falling into our funnel, that's probably not good. Right? Like any marketer out there is gonna be like, oh crap, I gotta figure out why they're falling in. Like they're we're just kind of willy-nilly going about our business and 
expecting people to fall into the industry. It's not going to happen. We got to get yeah. intentional. We got to get serious about this. And solid branding is a great place to start. Uh, there's some other things that we can do down the road that will help. But uh, yeah, good place to start is solid branding. Yeah. So I'm a huge believer in creating a story around the, yeah. the brand as well, too. It's more than uh, you know, just having a, a, a nice logo and uh, a color scheme. There's there's so much more that goes around a uh, company's and personal brand for that matter too. But yeah. uh, one of the things that I come across when I uh, am talking and kind of politely and you know friendly beating people up in, in construction yeah. of like, why are you sharing your story? You have an awesome story to mm -hmm. to tell. Start talking about it. And they're like, I don't know. Nobody wants to hear my story. It's yeah. It, it, it's so easy in construction to kind of dismiss yeah the the story and the action that's actually happening out there because i think that there's a, a humility that that runs through construction and i, I love that aspect of mm -hmm. the, the people in the industry but if you're not telling your story and you're not owning it you're leaving it to people outside the industry that have no idea what they're talking about or yeah. what's actually happening on it i'm curious from your vantage point how do you go into to companies and and help them uh, get confidence to to share <laughs> their stories so uh, this is a, this is a fun one. Um, so I actually just did a, a shoot with uh, the guys over Southern Steel Engineers, uh, good old Tyler Cease and Chris Mitchell. Um, great firm. I've actually worked with them personally. And so they, they reached out and they're like, hey, man, come on, help us out. And so their whole big thing right now is like, all right, you know, we, we got a lot of good clients and everything. We're really set, but we really want to start making our brand look good. And so we just started out with a simple brand story about Tyler. Um, so Tyler started out as a steel detailer and he progressed into being an engineer. Mm -hmm. And so what we did is we actually made this really cool visual story of him just going out on a site and, you know, seeing this, you know, this thing that he designed and like we had, you know, just, we separated the camera from the microphone and we like recorded his audio separately, like make it a little less intimidating and stuff and just made it easy for him. And then we put all that together and now he's got this really cool video about him um, and his story in the industry and his vision for his company, right? And like what that means to his clients, not just to him, but to his clients. Because at the end of the day, like the About Us page, let's be honest, not a ton of people really care. They really want to know what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so for them, it was more like we need to set them up as like, let's humanize them. Let's humanize, like let's, let's, let's show people who they are and what they're about, what they believe. And um, it was really cool. I actually got some feedback from him uh, the other day. He said, I showed it to my mom and she cried. And I was like, yes. All right. We nailed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, pull like, on those it, emotional heartstrings. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's the second one this week. I don't know if that's a good thing. But um, anyway, no, I, I think it's it, it can be as simple as that. Just, you know, let's just tell a simple story about what you did before you got in the industry. Like, let's just talk about the progression. And it's funny because when he's talking through it, he's like, I don't know how this is going to work out, man. I don't know. Will this really be interesting? Will this, will this really be interesting? It's like that self-consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. if, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but the reality of it is, is it came out the other end and he's like, holy crap. No, that actually, that actually flowed really well. I'm like, editing's amazing. <laughs> we can make you look good, man. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, starting with a simple, simple, just little conversation starter like that of, you know, just saying, here's who I am. Here's how I got started. I think that can be a great little piece to, to throw out there to help build your brand. Um, it may how not be the best go move about for everybody. Kind of breaking but, that you know, down and, and thinking through the, the, the components that would make a compelling story for that. How do I break it down? Yeah. Um, 
all right, yeah. Well, for me, it was just a matter of they they had their vision statement, mm-hmm. right? And it was funny they they had their vision up on their wall, and so actually, whenever we got to their office, we're and I was getting ready to do the interview with them, just the audio only interview, kind of like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of looked over and I was like, hey, that actually would be really good to talk through because that's the sort of thing that you want your clients to know. It's like you know we we value like just constantly getting better every day taking care of our people and, you know, taking care of our clients and understanding the process really, really well. Like that's one of those things that they take pride in is that as since he has this steel detailing background and this fabricating background, he really wants to, to let people know, like, I've been there. I understand what you're going through, like client wise, I understand. And we can help you because I have that understanding and because that is, that is bred throughout our entire team. And so that's kind of the way we steer the video is to just kind of, we're telling his story and, you know, kind of pulling the heartstrings a little bit, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but, but it also makes a good story. It makes a good story, you know? And, and I mean, it made his mom cry. I mean, come on, if you want to make your mom cry, like that's, that's yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. that's, yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so uh, what from uh, for a construction firm? What does good marketing? What does that actually look like for them in, in kind of practical terms? I think the big one is is we've looked at construction firm. All right, so from a construction firm standpoint, you got to ask yourself what are the two one of these two questions: it, it, Do I have a sales problem or do I have a talent acquisition problem? I think that's a that's a really good place to start mm-hmm. because the way you execute kind of splits off from there. Like, as you know, like if you're trying to get sales, you got to execute a little bit differently than you are if you're trying to attract people. Mm-hmm. Two different methods. Yeah. Similar Two techniques. Two different audiences. Yeah. Yeah, that too, right? So um, I would ask myself, what is what is it that we need? What's my biggest pain point right now? Is it sales or is it talent? Mm-hmm. I, I did a, a poll and this is completely accurate and it is gospel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, what's your biggest problem? Is it is it recruiting or is it sales? And 80% of the people said it was actually recruiting. Mm-hmm. So what's funny is that people aren't using marketing as a tool to help fix that though. Like this mm-hmm. is actually a really good tool to help. Um, you know, we we kind of get lost in the weeds thinking that marketing is only good for sales. It's it's not. Um Eddie and I, whenever we started our podcast, some of the best people that we've hired actually came out of listening to the podcast. It's hilarious. Like people wanted to work with us because they heard us and they yeah. saw, hey, that's their vision. That's their values. Yeah. Holy cow. You, you made like, it real I, for them. Right. And so I'm like, wow, that's actually a marketing tactic, but it worked out actually for a talent. That's crazy to me. And this is one of the biggest problems that we have. So um, first step once you get past the, should it be sales? Should it be talent? Make sure that your brand doesn't look like a dumpster fire. We already covered that, right? It's just let's mop that up. Let's make that look good. Right? Let's get a decent logo in place. If you don't have one, yeah. let's get some decent photos in place. If you don't have them, let's get, get some an really online good videos. Presence if you don't have one. Yes. Let's build <laughs> out that infrastructure first. Like let's really start to refine that out. And that can take a minute. All right. Don't like, don't rush it. That can take a minute. So let's get there. And then I'm going to lean over into the the talent side, the acquisition side, because I feel like that's probably more interesting than the sales thing because it doesn't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of talk about how to get sales with marketing. Let's talk about the the recruitment side, and that's really where I focus anyway. Um, be clear about the opportunities that you have. 
I think a lot of times people don't even put the simple little page on their website that just says career opportunities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, let's let's put that in one place where people can find it. Your employees that are existing that that are great can also find it and see who's who needs to be see who needs to be hired. Um, so let's be clear about the opportunities that you have. And then let's post those out online, uh, website and on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, like wherever your target audience lies, you need to do some research on that. And the branding will help you with that. Uh, let's get that. And, um, after that, let's make our application process just as streamlined as possible. Um, I think that's a big, a big thing that we overlooked is that application processes are abysmal, just terrible. They go off into the night. They, they like you apply to a job and you never hear back. Let's make sure that that doesn't happen. Let's actually give the person a little bit of a, you know, a a little bit of comfort and say, Hey, we received it. Thank you. And also if they're not the right fit for the job right now, then let's, let's answer that. Uh, Let's try to be communicative and make them feel heard because they're Mm -hmm. kind of putting themselves out there by applying to a job. If you think about it. Yeah, like when sure. was the last time you applied to a job and thought, "Yeah, I don't really care." No, you kind of care, right? So let's do unto others in this, and let's try to um, give them feedback if they apply to a job uh, through one of those uh, platforms, like our our social or our website. So mm-hmm. I'll pause for response, but those those are those are a couple <laughs> a couple areas that I feel like we need to, as an industry, beef up uh, yeah. if we're going to try to help the labor shortage. Hey, innovators. Do you want to help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Great Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, tell them to visit asti.com slash AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Great Tech is giving away over $1,000 to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Let's make a difference together. Yeah, for sure. So why are companies hesitant to take some of these actions, especially when it comes, uh, I think, to the the, the world of, of social media, of if you're trying to attract Gen Z, which as a, as a millennial now, I get to, you know, be like, you know, these youngins coming in, you know, <laughs> Amen. Uh, no longer get the, the, the young label slapped on me, which is <laughs> weird. Uh, but kind of nice, but also yeah. sad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Gen Z coming in, they are not on the, the, the platforms that, that even me as a, a millennial are on, uh, why are, are firms hesitant to go on those platforms if that's the target audience that they're actually at least paying lip service to that they're trying to yeah. attract to pull into the industry? Well, there's no clear ROI. Like, I think that's a that's a big one is like, um, let's use TikTok as an example for Gen Z. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is that mm. where the Gen Z people are hanging out these days? I don't know. We need to do I some think research so. that on that. Makes, always makes me feel old when TikTok comes up. I'm like, I, 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 yeah, I TikTok or YouTube Shorts or Instagram. <laughs> you know, just, just pick one. All right, you know <laughs> one of the, where the youngins are hanging That's out. Right. right. You know, a lot of them are like, oh man, I don't understand. Why would I? Why would I market to those people? Why would I put out any content for those people? Why would I try to 
show them the the way that they can grow in the industry um, because there's no clear ROI on that. Like, I'm not going to sell a job to those people, you know? Like, that's the first place we go is sales. It's like, oh, I'm not going to sell something to this Gen Z person. Okay, fine. But do you have a labor shortage, sir? <laughs> Ma'am? Like, we overlook that. This is actually planting seeds for tomorrow, right? So if we are creating things today that spark the interest of a 14-year-old girl, you know, or, you know, it's hilarious. People are like, oh, there are 14 year old girls on TikTok. You know, uh, I, I don't really care. Well, crap, man. Who do you think could help our industry out? Like that 14 year old girl here in probably the next four years could probably have a great shot of helping our industry out and being an amazing person in our industry. If we start talking to kids earlier using some of these platforms, 10 years from now, we're not going to be in nearly a, as bad of a position that we are right now. Cause right mm -hmm. now we're not doing anything. Is that working? No, it's not. So we got to try some different things. People get hung up on the fact that it's like, I'm not going to sell anything to them. That's not where we need to look. We need to look at, will they be a future employee for me or somebody else? Let me help the industry at large. And as a result, it's going to help your brand recognition. It's going to help the sales thing. It will. Now, it just doesn't feel as good, though. <laughs> it's not as trackable. And yeah. I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's where people get pretty antsy, is it's not as trackable. So. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I will push back on the ROI some in that it's, a, it's the wrong measurement, uh, mm. or maybe reiterate some of what you said there, in that, it, yes, you're, you're not tracking a one-to-one -one deal, mm -hmm. but if you're not bringing new people in and you're just digging a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger hole with the, the labor shortage, you are losing sales. So it is having a negative ROI if you are not attracting new, fresh talent into the, the, the industry and the, the pool. And it's, it's just hurting the industry across the board. So even if yeah. that person doesn't come to your firm, but they come into the industry, that's a huge win for mm -hmm. your firm because it's yeah. a huge win for the industry. Well, because they could go into another company that you're you're working with consistently, right? right? Like, all right, let's say you are a, a you know specialty contractor, and that person is excited about building, and they go become a project manager at a GC. They've been watching your stuff for years, and mm -hmm. then come back around, and you've already kind of built a relationship with them, and they already love what you're doing. Um, that's pretty great. Uh, or that person is just dang good at their job. That actually helps the entire project chain. It, it lifts the entire industry up, like you were saying, man. Mm -hmm. Like the and and also, if you have really good people, if your people are better than your competitors, who do you think your customers are going to come to more? Like it's going to be you. Right. It's going to be you. You've got to have really good people. People will make or break your business. So uh, it doesn't matter how much, like sales wise, I, I think that's. Sales is kind of a symptom of, of good product, yeah? So sure. uh, you got to back it up. You got to have a good product. You got to have good people in place. This is the pillar of anything that you do as a, as a contractor is you need good people. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think everybody listening kind of knows that, <laughs> has felt that pain. I know how I have felt that pain where we didn't get the right person in for the job and it kind of stung us. Um, so people matter more than, more than anything else in this business.
Yeah. So let's connect those dots even more mm. in, in a bright highlighter, if you will. Uh, <laughs> what's the connection between a really strong brand and people wanting to come and work for your company? Connection between a strong brand and people wanting to work at your company. Okay. So can I, can I point at Google again here? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can point really wherever strong, you want, Tyler. Strong, <laughs> strong brand. Um, people want to, to work there. I can't remember the exact statistic. I, I think it was something like 150,000 resumes get submitted to Google like every month or year or something. It's something like it's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. so many resumes. Do you know why that is? It's because they've built this reputation. They've done their branding really right. And it hasn't been by accident. They knew that they needed people. They have people internally that are focused on recruitment. And this is a part of it. They like they're putting in, they're investing in training curriculum now, right? So like you can go get your uh, user experience certification. You can get your project management certification through Google. Mm-hmm. I have a buddy that's actually doing his project management certification through Google right now. You know why they're doing that? It's to onboard more people. It's to find people. They need people. Yeah. They have done an amazing job of that. And it's because of branding. It's because they... If if you ask people on the street, like, hey, what would be a really cool company to go work with? Google is probably pretty far up there, you know, among some other ones, other Fortune 500 companies, you know, they, they would be like, yeah, that would actually be pretty cool to go work with them. Could you imagine if your company was like that, where people were clamoring over themselves to come work for you? That's not by accident. That's actually intentionality. That's having a really good brand, but backing it up by being a really good place to work. You mm-hmm. can't forget that because you could do all the marketing in the world and be an absolute jerk and it's not going to work. It's not yeah. going to work. The marketing's going to fail. You right. have to be true inside and out. And yeah, be, that, that marketing has yeah. to ring authentic or else it just rings it has hollow to. and everybody just tunes you out. Exactly. Everybody's going to run away from it and you're going to get bad word of mouth going around. Right. But the reason why Google was successful is they're actually not a bad place to work. Now, I mean, arguably there's some things that go on within it. Okay. It's a big company, right? But as the crow flies, people look at it and go, yeah, man, I'd love to work there. That looks pretty sweet. There's, they have little pods that you could go take a nap in. You know, <laughs> that's the little things that they think of when they think of Google and working for them. So yeah. that's, I don't know, that's kind of my connection there. Yeah. So people have, have gotten the story. They've gotten their connection between a strong brand. They're, they're, they're bought in. Who owns a strong brand in the company? Is it just like marketing, have fun, you're going to do this? Or is it a bigger uh, group effort? I think it's I think it's shifting a little bit. I think at one point it was just solely marketing. You know, like the marketing team would make sure that the brand was cared for. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age, I feel like the the role of the CEO is kind of shifting. I don't know if you've kind of been feeling that too where the CEO has to own brand or be a voice for the brand more now than ever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an uncomfortable place to be as a business owner, right? It's like you almost have to be good in the spotlight now. Um, yeah, sure. So that I'm, I'm seeing that shift. The ones that are really, really successful in digital marketing are the ones that their CEO has become really, really good or their upper management has become really, really good at creating content at scale. Mm-hmm. And that has just given them this like positive 
karma, I'll say plus karma. I don't know. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it, people look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be a great place to work. I feel mm. like CEOs are becoming kind of more of a holder of, of brand um, because they're kind of that, fo- that, that, that front facing person. Right. So it, I feel like it's kind of switching a little bit. Mm. I think it is on everybody. It's on the marketing team to execute well and to, you know, stay consistent and be really good at what they do. But it's also on the CEO not to just pass it off to the marketing team, but to also just be there and listening and, and, and help them create content because your marketing team just can't crank out blogs like they used to anymore. Like blogs are slowly starting to die as a result of a lot of the um, short form content that's being pushed out there on video. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying like the CEO almost has to step in and be that face and be that voice for the short term or for the short form content. Um, So I don't, I don't know if you've seen the same thing. I'll flip it around, but like that's, that's kind of my perspective on this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. Uh, I would say from my perspective, marketing kind of sets the the, the framework and the the guardrails of yeah. the brand and and kind of where the where the brand what's its field of play, <laughs> right? And yeah. then is also the the cops to slap people back in <laughs> of like, hey, that's not on brand, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, there's a cool kind of democratization of mm. the brand that it's. I agree that the SE, or the CEO has to uh, be a a face for it, but I think everybody in the company is the face of the brand in today's world with, with social yeah. media and everybody having their iPhone that they can just flip around. If you have Android, I'm sorry, but you know, iPhone's better. <laughs> over it. Uh, everybody has the ability right at their fingertips to own the brand. And if you have that logo attached to you in any way in your yeah. social media, you are the brand to whoever is interacting with your post. So you better take that ownership on and yeah. and represent it well because it, it, that's a blessing and a curse for the individual and it's a blessing and a curse for mm-hmm. the brand itself it's it's riskier cuz you have a whole lot less control on uh what the the image that's being yeah. portrayed out there is that's really an interesting point too is that people need to rely more on their employees to help build the brand awareness as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, like if every single one of your employees that is on LinkedIn was actually active on LinkedIn, had, you know, your logo, they were very, very transparent about the fact that they work with you. Like that would be amazing for mm-hmm. you. But here's where people get caught up is they start thinking, oh no, but but if they go out and they put their our, our logo on their profile, they're opening themselves up for for headhunters you know people want to come and steal them away from our company so they almost like don't want their people active on social because they could get stolen away mm-hmm. and i would argue that's not a great way to look either um i would rather enable my people to go out and create stuff if they want to and say yeah go go do the thing and like push into it and let them be creative and come up with new ways of of showing what they do every day and if they get stolen away, that might just be kind of on me at that point for not building enough of a relationship to keep them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like a marriage here in a, in a way that might, might not be the best way of looking at it. But, you know, it's you have to be willing to, to look around a little bit and be like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good right here. I love it here. I'm, I'm yeah. loved here. 
I, I, I like it. And I think that comes down to like the culture side of it more than anything. hundred percent. That's, that's, that's a big thing that I feel we overlook, man. It's like marketing. It can be a great tool and kind of swinging back to what I'd said earlier in case we missed it. Marketing can be a great tool, but it's, it's just that it's a tool at the end of the day, you have to be an amazing place to work. Like you just have to have, have heart, you know, and, and so often you see contractors go out there and I've witnessed this beat people to a pulp. They go through the meat grinder. It's not a good place to work. And we're like, I don't understand why people don't want to work with us. It's because you just put them through the grinder, man. Like they, they don't want to be here because it's a sucky place to be. You kind of have to protect them from that. So, I mean, marketing can't solve that. At the end of the day, you've got to be an amazing place to work and you got to work hard at that, guys. And um, I've just, I've seen a lot of companies that they talk a big game. They, they talk a big game and they're like, oh yeah, we're for our people. But man, when it, when it comes to, when, when, yeah, the cutting time comes, it's there. All right. Yeah. I thought you said we were a family here <laughs> and, then, and then you're out the door. Right. So I, I really feel we've got a, we've got a people problem in the industry and we, we need to start with the people first. Marketing is, is going to help, but marketing will help people find out that um, you have a bad place to work, a bad work environment quicker than anything else. So don't start this up if you're a crappy place to work. <laughs> you, will, you will be found out. Yeah. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, there's a great interconnectedness between culture and marketing and the, the brand and democratizing the, the, uh, all those aspects out to your people that, yes, you have to have a great culture. And if you do and you make it a great place to, to work, there is no fear in – there should be no fear – in having your people go out there and represent your brand wherever yeah. they are, because if somebody came and approached them, they're not going anywhere anyway, because they like it there. So if you yeah. uh, going back to Google, that's part of the success of, of why Google is attractive, because not only do they have cool stuff in their offices, but people that work there are going around saying, hey, this stuff is actually really legit cool. It doesn't just look cool yeah. in pictures. It's it's actually cool. We want to stay here. We like the culture that is here and it's, yeah. it comes. Uh, and that's not to say that brand. everybody needs to have like an internal dog park in their office or something like that. <laughs> you know, like they, you don't need to go crazy and, and, you know, have sleeping pods and like bean bags and all this, you know, have hacky sack hour. You don't need to do that. Um, some companies get at it that way and that's fine. I think Silicon Valley has to get at it that way because what they do is not as cool as what we do. I mean, I, th it I just truly has to be authentic to the culture that you're it does. in. And so a construction yeah. environment, it, it wouldn't work on a job site to have any of that. <laughs> I mean, it would, but it would be, it would be very dangerous. OSHA would not approve of that. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping pods, <laughs> I think would be frowned on. <laughs> it probably. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't, I've seen some people sleep in some precarious ways. So, um, on job sites, but <laughs> I, I think for, for me, it's like, let's lean in and try to build a culture that is just when people look at construction, they see our culture and they say, I want to be there. Like mm -hmm. they support each other. They're for each other. That is an incredible place to work. That's not an easy thing to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay that. Like, Oh yeah, you just push this button and this button and everything fixes itself. No, like this is the interconnectivity of people. We have to, 
work hard about our relationships, take the time to get to know our employees. We have to, you know, be willing to let them take a little extra time off because dude, they're going through some crap, you know, and, and like be there for them, actually be there for them, treat them like humans instead of numbers on a board, you know? And I feel like that's what we we've kind of fallen into is we just treat them like a number. We treat them like something that, that that's disposable. Oh, we'll just, we'll get another person to, to, you know, run the, run the broom. I, well, guess what? You know, that person that's running the broom right now, if you treated them right, they might actually have the capacity to run your company later or run a team later, but you got to invest in them. You got to take the time and, and invest in them financially and, and mentally invest in them. It's hard. And that's the reason a lot of people don't do it. But it's it's a shortcoming I feel like we have in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. It, I want I always like to marry this this whole marketing conversation, marketing for recruitment with the people side, because it's like th- those have to work together. They have mm-hmm. to. No, for um, sure. Yeah, because we'll just amplify messaging about a company, and it will bring it to its knees if it's not a really good place to work. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I would just I would caution you. Be confident in your company culture before you do any of this stuff, because it it could really it could really hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> which is I probably a horrible <laughs> sales pitch for myself. But Harry, there you go. <laughs> well, I think they they complement each other. Good good culture breeds good marketing. Good marketing yeah. should, in turn, Help. breed good culture because you're also it's a external marketing and an internal marketing to try to get mm-hmm. buy in from everybody across the board. Uh, yeah. So they. I, I, the illustration works. <laughs> it's, it's a good marriage between the two. <laughs> uh, so as we start to kind of land the the plane here, uh, mm. innovation is one of the core tenets of, of the, the show here. So what does innovation mean to you? Just constantly getting better every day, man. Like, I mean, not being scared to turn around if something's not working. You know, if if we've gone down a path for for 10 miles and, and we say, crap, this is the wrong path, not being scared to turn around and go back. Um, I think that's, that's really critical in innovation. Um, some, sometimes people just invest so heavily in, in a direction and, and then they start realizing it's the wrong direction and they're saying, ah, no, it's just, we're too far down the road. We got to keep going. We got to keep plugging. No, you're not, you're not, you can always turn around. So I would say, 1% 1% better every day and then always be willing to turn around. Those are my little tenets of innovation there. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. I think that's a, it takes courage to, to know when to, to turn around and admit. I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how do people find out more information and connect with you? Yeah. So uh, it's easy to connect with me on LinkedIn. You just look up Tyler Campbell. I'm that smiley guy in the blue shirt. You should be able to find me. Uh, you can also find me via storybuildercreative.com. Um, like I said, we do a lot of video production, photo production. Like we're a creative house, media agency. So it's it's all for construction. And um, I, I wanted to build this for construction. And that's the way we're going to stay. It's, it's, it's so much fun, man. I love getting out in the field and working with people every day. It's, it's a good time. Awesome. Very cool. Well, final question for you. If I could give you all construction power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry, what would you pick to innovate? Oh gosh, dude, there's so many things. Um, 
the first one that comes up is, is, is RFI. I want to get rid of RFI. If I could snap my fingers and get rid of all RFI, I would do that like yesterday. That, that's number one. And then number two, the treatment of people. If I could fix that, like if I could fix a lot of like my own personal experiences going back and, and, and the way that I got treated as a steel detailer, if I could fix some of that stuff, I would do that in a heartbeat because it would make our industry the best possible place to work. I, I, and even with all of that, I still think it's the best possible place to work. It's an amazing place to work. But fixing the interpersonal relationships in our industry, that would be the one that I would snap my fingers and try to fix, I think, more even than RFI. Because I think that actually fixes the RFI problem. <laughs> Nice. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's a great place to start for sure. Heck yeah, uh, man. Well, Tyler, thanks so much for taking the time and, and joining us uh, again here on, on Bridging the Gap. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it, man. Now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, make sure that you are telling your story and not leaving it up to others that may not know the reality of what is happening in this industry. Construction professionals have an amazing and engaging story to share with the watching world. You don't know who might be inspired with your journey. Second take, good culture is a key ingredient to success, whether in marketing, recruiting, or just good business. Find ways to be authentic to your environment and team, but be intentional with developing strong relational bonds. Final take, in today's social media world where everyone, no matter your role, can be seen, it is important to take that responsibility seriously for the individual and the company. Everyone is a brand ambassador now. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software, great tech group production, copyright applied software, great tech group, 2023.